It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, our very own Princess of Policy, not to be confused with the Queen of Conspiracies. (laughs) Oh, but wait a minute. Yeah. I remember I'll back answer, in. I'll answer to that too. <laughs> I remember back in 2000, you were a yes. Y2Ker. I know. It's embarrassing to admit now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, Princess Diana Mee joins us, ladies and gentlemen. We're glad, of course, to have Her Royal Highness with us on this beautiful uh, Saturday morning. Where? By the way, illegal immigrants are now finding homes in New York. Thank you, Governor Abbott. <clears throat> yes. So today, Diane, I sent you no stories because, as I've said, I want to just have some fun. I want to play sound okay. bites for you, and I want to oh, get dear. your reaction to the sound bites. Okay. Number one, let us start, Princess Di, with this. Joe Manchin was on Face the Nation last week, and he has some things to say about taxes and inflation. This is what it sounded like. Let me start with something you said back in 2010 in a debate when you were Here's what you said. I don't think during a time of recession you mess with any of the taxes or increase any taxes. So that's become the, your Republican colleague's favorite quote to roll out now that you've made this agreement with uh, Chuck Schumer that has a tax piece to it. Why'd you change your mind? John, I didn't change my not, my mind. I've never changed at all. This is fighting inflation. This is all about the, the absolute horrible uh, position that people are in now because of the uh, inflation cost, whether it be gasoline, whether it be food pricing, whether it be energy pricing. And it's around energy mostly it's driving these high inflation. This is going to do take care of that because this is aggressively producing more energy to get more supply to get the prices down. That's what we're doing. But we didn't raise taxes, John. You know, the interesting thing is, if you recall, the um, BBB, the Build Back Better Act, originally had $325 billion that they were spending on green energy. Now, that failed, Mm -hmm. thanks in large part to this wonderful Joe Manchin senator from West Virginia. Well, that was $325 billion on green energy. Guess what they have now that what? he's considering better? $369 billion Whoa. on green energy. It's, it got higher. It got higher. So they, they pretended they got rid of that terrible bill because they couldn't get Joe Manchin to sign on because it was tax and spend. And they come up with something worse in which he is flat out looking people in the eye and saying how this is going to really solve inflation. You know, if you if you didn't have a beat on this guy's character before, now you do. Okay. by the way, the CBO, which they love to tout and throw in our face, the CBO came out and said, this thing is not going to do anything for inflation. But, of course, they're not talking about that. And, of course, the mainstream. Go ahead. Go ahead. And the mainstream press doesn't make a big deal. They don't. The mainstream press doesn't make a big deal. Usually, the mainstream press is right there. CBL, CBL. Well, the mainstream press also isn't mentioning the fact that all the unions are ex 
ecstatic. The AFL-CIO, the Communication Workers of America, United Steelworkers, the SEIU, Service Employees International Union, they are thrilled because there's a lot of things buried in this bill that require union wages for these new jobs. So the unions are going to be rolling in this dough. All of these billions of dollars are coming right to their pockets, which, of course, then circulate into the Democrat Party. This is just a typical Democrat tax and spend bill, and it's basically self-dealing. Okay, as we can expect. Now, let us turn to number 11, Diego. Let us play number, I'm not even going to tell you who this is, you'll recognize her, number 11, hit it. From day one, when uh, when the Supreme Court made this extreme decision, it away a, a constitutional right. Uh, it was an unconstitutional, unconstitutional action by them, a right that was around for almost 50 years, a right that women had to make a decision on their bodies and how they want to start their families. <laughs> that was... That was... She's so cute, James, but that's unfortunately what she has going for her. She's calling the Supreme Court decision unconstitutional. <laughs> I feel for I am the spokeswoman because... for the White House of the United States, and this is what women do to the bodies, and it's unconstitutional for the Supreme Court to rule on something. The wrong way don't like it, and that's they made me the White House spokesperson so I can sit here and say all these things, and they don't have to make sense. You have to report them anyway. You notice how she is getting less and less uh, FaceTime. They they substitute in alternative spokespeople because she every time she's sent out there, she says things like that. They have to walk back. It's I feel for her. I really do. I don't. Okay. <clears throat> Let us go to someone who is one of our old favorites. That would be Jennifer Granholm. Cut eight. And Jennifer Granholm had this to say about energy. So the president tried to increase supply all at the same time as accelerating our movement to clean energy, which is why, I mean, this this whole circumstance is really a foot stomp on why we can't rely on the volatility of fossil fuels. We can't rely on the volatility of fossil fuels. This woman is supposedly running the energy. How? I don't understand. (laughs) Well, you know, it is the type of people that Joe Biden picked for his cabinet. And as you mentioned, I think last week, there's not a lick of actual business experience among them. They're all government and think tank people. And so they say things like that, which have no real world uh, correspondence whatsoever. It is something in the water in Michigan, because after her was Gretchen Whitmer, who's currently the governor of Michigan, and they just keep sending up these, I'm not going to say the word witchy with a capital B, but they send these, these arrogant, obnoxious women who are power mad, and so she is one of them. Okay, let's go down to Tejas. Cut number 21. Let us go to Tejas and check in with the wonderful... Beto O'Rourke. Yeah. Well, I mean, we treated that teacher with the respect that she has earned. 
that she is owed that we all want to give her. We don't need to tell her what version of history she is allowed to teach in the classroom. We don't need to scare the parents of those kids before her about something called CRT that I've never heard of before last year. So, Beto O'Rourke, we don't need parents telling teachers what to do. We don't need people telling not to teach CRT. Really? This is, they keep swerving into this. This is what the Democrat Party truly believes. And you remember uh, McAuliffe, Terry McAuliffe, said something very similar running right. for governor of Virginia. And that was one of the big reasons he lost as a Democrat, because he said out loud that basically parents have no right to say, to even weigh in on what their children are taught in schools. And uh, once again, that's Beto's comment. It's basically how dare parents actually feel concerned or, or don't agree with what's being taught and want to weigh in and go to a meeting and voice their opinions. I mean, they're called terrorists by this administration. All right. Let us turn to matters of school. Let us, uh, <clears throat> since, he, since we're not allowed to tell teachers and parents are not allowed to tell teachers what's the thing, let's check in with some of the teachers, shall we? Number 15, let us hear a typical teacher these days in America. Yeah, see, it's not that cut and dry anymore because parents like you say, don't bring your feelings into it. F*** off. We're not bringing our feelings into it. You are. You are. You don't like a f***ing book that the reading teacher picked. Oh, you can't teach that book to any kids now. Pull that off the shelves. That's you. That's your feelings. Or when I would teach in science, the Big Bang Theory, and I get pushback because I didn't teach creationism. That wasn't my feelings. That was their feelings. I can't teach Big Bang Theory without teaching creationism. Uh, go to church. Go to church. That wasn't my job. All right? That's not my feelings. I'm teaching scientific fact, and yet I'm getting parents pushing back on climate change, evolution, the Big Bang Theory. That's your feelings, not mine. Your feelings. Because you're worried I'm indoctrinating them. No, I'm educating them. <laughs> she seems nice. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is that witch with a capital B mentality that the left seems to produce these women who are angry, who are nasty, who are in a fight mode with people who have traditional values or who, ha who even want to weigh in on a different point of view. They are so much in a bubble through the education world and in their degree-making factories that they only hear their point of view, and they come out of these educational institutions angry and ready to fight. And we're seeing that in schools across America. And thank heavens for libs of TikTok who finds these and puts them up so the rest of America can see and hear and be appalled by the attitudes of these people. Let's go to a psych teacher. This woman is teaching psychology, number six. This is another TikToker. Let's hear what she has to say. Would you be able to answer this question on one of my tests for social psychology? Simple essay question, after going through privilege, what privilege is, giving examples of privilege, explaining how there are different types of privilege, like white privilege, male privilege, Christian privilege, able-bodied privilege, thin privilege, cisgender privilege, straight privilege, uh, and others. 
All right, so simple question I ask my students, essay question. Tell me one way that you have privilege. Tell me one type of privilege you have. Well, my makeup is all over the place today. All right. It still is. Anyway, I always am a mess. Tell me what kind of privilege you have. Explain how it's an example of privilege. And say how your life would be different if you didn't have that particular type of privilege. Would you be able to answer that question? Can you come up with a type of privilege you have? Are you able to say out loud and admit to yourself and to the world that you have that privilege? Because one thing I find is my students don't. <laughs> Even when I have clearly explained what privilege is and how it doesn't mean your life has been easy, it doesn't mean you're a bad person if you have privilege, and still they just go, oh, no, I don't know. No, I don't have any privilege. Uh, the, the test question, a lot of students will leave it blank. It could be for a variety of reasons, not necessarily because they – you know, don't don't understand or don't take the class seriously or anything. But I get, you know, I just get, I get weak ass answers, you know, like, oh, well, I've got strong privilege. I've got smart privilege. You know, I'm like, you, you could have said you had white privilege. You could, you know, you could have said you had male privilege. Uh, at the very least, you know, because I'll have some students they are like, look, uh, I am a black transgender individual. I don't have a whole lot of privilege. I'm like, okay, now here's the, think about your life. Think about certain advantages that you have that you probably didn't notice that you have. And an example I often go with, I say, you know, even if you've got disabilities, you don't have all the disabilities. There's some disability that you would be lacking that you'd have privilege from not having that disability. You know, like, so, like, for example, if Enough. you are sighted, you can see, Enough. you don't need accommodations for Enough. that. You've never had... Diana, what kind of privilege oh. do you have? Well, right now, I have the privilege of speaking to Sir James on the radio. I think that is the most wonderful privilege anyone could have. But listen to her harangue, and would not that end up being so depressing to be in that atmosphere? There is, there's no education going on here. There's no challenging edu uh, intellectually where you could debate her. There would be no alternative point of view that she would allow in her classroom. You could just feel that. And so you just feel this grim, oppressive, communist-type atmosphere where there's only one way of thinking, and, you know, it's like putting a net over your brain. Uh, well, that's all the time we have. Thank you. This has been an enlightening and a lot of fun. I love doing this. I like it when you give me a hint beforehand. <laughs> well, we'll do. We'll get back to this. I love this because you always come up with amazing things spontaneously. So that's why I like doing it. Princess well, Di. It's oh, you who do. So thank you so much, Sir James. It's by always the way, by, by the way, um, uh, I, I tell your bodyguard, Mike, please, that he's supposed to stand six feet apart, according to the CDC. <laughs> he'll he'll know what I mean. <laughs> I am not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank nope. you, Princess Di. We'll catch up with you next week. Thank you, Your Highness. James. All right. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.